back to Gab with Gwen podcast, and this is your girl Gwen, and I'm recording this on Wednesday, August 12th, and this is after Joe Biden finally revealed last night that his VP running mate for, you know, the campaign of the United States of America will be none other than Kamala Harris. And there has been speculation about her being his VP candidate, especially after her unsuccessful run for president. So I've already discussed certain things about Kamala in previous episodes. So frankly, if you kind of really want to know how I feel about her and Biden, I would actually say, you know, a good episode to listen to would be the one entitled Don't Listen to Celebrities. That's episode 51. And that's kind of going through the breakfast club and the uproar about the one of the comments that Joe Biden said, which was, you know, honestly, very innocuous and not a big deal. I think I've also discussed her in episode 49, Black AF in Colorado with my friend Rebecca, who, you know, she's a big supporter of her, especially feels like she had experience with her uh, as a person who lived in San Francisco in the Bay Area. And so when at the time that Harris was the DA at the time, so that's also a good one. And I'm sure there's probably other ones I just can't think of at the top of my head. So I felt the need, this is not an emergency episode, but you know, I'm going to hopefully post this the same day. But I felt the need to comment on this because of what I've noticed on social media, the response, which we knew going into it, right? But it's it's all theoretical until it happens, right? It's all theoretical until you're actually the nominee and then people really can voice their true feelings. And we also have to think about the context of, going against 45, the Cheeto, Donald Trump. So strategically, I totally understand why he chose her because at the end of the day, Biden has to try to appeal to the majority, uh, the Democrats and swing voters. And that includes the moderate, central, even people who are probably a little bit more conservative and not just the left. He cannot cater to the left. He's not Bernie. He can't. And the country is not left, okay? We're not a very progressive country, admittedly, and we need to be honest with ourselves. With that in mind, he he needs to strategize against Trump and what is it going to take to possibly have a win? Especially in light of 2020, Black Lives Matter, and a few weeks ago, we had all of these people, Klobuchar, everyone saying, you should pick a black woman. Again, I felt like that was a little bit performative, but he chose her knowing that she's probably the most palatable black woman to the Democratic Party and Americans as opposed to Stacey Abrams, like people who are visibly dark, visibly phenotypically black, where people feel uncomfortable, which we talk about colorism and other episodes as well. So, and let me not detract from her technically being the most qualified person. Let me put that up front. She's very qualified, okay? She has a great background. She's been in this this business, whatever, the politics, the business of politics the whole time. So she's definitely qualified. She's a person who is really, especially without her attorney background, able to tackle the hard issues and articulate them in a way that is clear to the common folk, which is important because Americans are dumb. 
So get it. Totally get it. Why he chose her. And it makes sense. Like if you need to be kind of in the middle, which you do, you need to be centrist at the end of the day to win. Then I totally get it. I think in the light of 2020, COVID, the protests, especially everything going on since May, late May 2020, and when you're getting these conversations that are hard, but more at the public forefront about Black Lives Matter, defunding the police, etc., it does feel contradictory because it's like, well, you're saying defund the police, but then you're having this career prosecutor who is going to be the VP. Now, again, we can say, like, what are the people's responsibilities? But look, we got a bunch of geriatrics on this ticket, What you know, with him, and we got 45. So listen, the VP is important these days. And obviously anyone can croak at any age. I'm not saying that. The one thing that's promised in life is death. But I'm just saying we got people who are tempting fate with the age. Maybe, maybe not. Let's just call a thing a thing. So... I understand people's hesitation to support, right? A lot of people, it doesn't, it doesn't feel good. And Lee needs to recognize that although she has also done things that are positive, you know, I think she's done things to redeem herself in this respect. Being a prosecutor alone does not necessarily mean that someone is bad, etc. But a lot of the work that she did do did disproportionately affect young black and brown men and people sending them to jail and really changing the trajectory of their lives. And when we think about America and this school-to-prison pipeline and how black and brown boys are not afforded the chances and not afforded the benefit of the doubt like their counterparts, then it makes a huge difference if you have people in positions that are exacerbating that or making you know minor offenses have huge impacts to your life and your career and your record that you know impacts you forever. So it's valid criticism and y'all cannot deny that and you shouldn't yell at people for bringing that up because it's the same criticism of Biden himself and the same criticism of Bloomberg. We dragged Bloomberg about stop and frisk and all these things because these are part of people's records. And yeah, you can say it's the past, but it doesn't. Listen, you could change yourself and rectify it, but there are people who were impacted about, you know, from this, people who probably can't vote right now, people who can't get a real job, all these things because of some of the things, the practices and the things that she upheld. So we got to call a thing a thing. And we're saying Black Lives Matter, but we also understand that too many Black lives are in jail. And she also was a part of that. That's facts. And you can't deny it. So, okay. Like, that's the truth. So, yeah, I think a lot of people feel like the status quo is being maintained and it's it's confusing or feels conflicting because it feels like, hey, on one hand, these people are galvanizing in the streets and all this stuff. But at the same token, it feels like, well, the status quo is getting maintained. You just have, you know, a lukewarm presidential uh, nominee and he has like a token mulatto. And it's like, damn, listen, and that's real facts. Okay. That's real facts. That's what people are expressing. And you shouldn't yell at them or feel upset about it. You should acknowledge it because what they're saying is true. You should acknowledge it. And it's similar to, I think, the feeling of 2016 where 
you know, the country, like I said, is divided. I've said on the United States of America, you know, this is a place of feudal states. We're not a really united country. We're not. And so if you think about the Bernie bros and people really divided over Hillary versus Bernie, I think just we do have a fundamental difference in where the country is and people are not aligned. And so you're seeing that. So I don't think it's going to be really hard to find people united behind one person. I mean, yes, it was Barack Obama, but that was that was a long time ago at this point. You know, 2008 was a lifetime ago. 2020 has been a decade in itself. So, I mean, we got to be we have to acknowledge that times have changed. And it's there is similar to 2016 feel. Uh, Ishmael, he texted me and said that. And I said, it's true. You know, he's saying his timeline is a shambles and people are not feeling great, right? And, you know, the thing that I say all the time, I've seen people post it all over, all skin folk and kin folk. And they don't feel like Kamala's kin folk. And that's valid too. It's valid. So what are you going to say? My sister, one of my sisters, I didn't get to talk to both of them. One of my sisters is like, I ain't excited about this. I get it. I totally get it. And so I think we need to acknowledge that. And yes, the bigger picture is to get Trump out. No one's denying that. But some people may feel like, well, you're just maintaining the status quo. What's the difference? And so I do think what instead of attacking their valid arguments, I do think you need to really articulate why Trump is fucked up, what he's done that's fucked up, and highlight how terrible he is so that people can realize, okay, well, we do need to change. And then the other thing is that people will need to hold her and Biden accountable for whatever they're promising. I don't even know what these people are promising at this point because it really is just trying to get Trump out. But we're going to have to hold them accountable. But we also have to highlight how fucked up Trump is. And I think we're deflecting and not remembering that. And I get it. People are like, well, you could just win from the pot to the fire. I, I hope it's not. I don't think it's that because he's just unhinged and ridiculous. So I don't think it's that. But is it maintained the status quo? I mean, you know, that's true. I mean, I'm not going to lie. That's true. That's true. So I wanted to go over some criticism I've seen. And black people, y'all get on my nerves. You know, I say this all the time. I'm black and black people just get on my nerves. So one of the first things is her blackness identity. People are like, is she black? She's Jamaican. How is she black? She's mixed. She's black. Okay, in America and in the world, she's black. Oh, my God. Y'all even be acting like people are like, oh, there's mixed race. That's true. They treat y'all like you black. And that's true. So she's black. She identifies as black. She went to a HBCU, which is a historically black college and university. Her father is very black. Uh, just because someone's light skin doesn't mean that they're not black. He's definitely black. So that's that. She's black. Okay, and like I said in another episode, she did, she dated Montel Williams, <laughs> which has nothing to do with her blackness, but I just think that's a funny tidbit. Google that. Then the other thing is that she's half Indian. And I'm like, wait a minute. Y'all are really playing games because all the celebrities that you follow and worship and listen to like they're God and follow them like puppets, half of them, more than half of them are mixed race half white everybody everybody every woman in hollywood practically is mixed so let's not it's alicia keys if it's holly berry any who's this doja cat all these little young one whoever it is helsley whatever whoever it is everybody all the kardashians children so let's not act like systemically and throughout the whole cycle of what was palatable for audiences and that's still translated to the rappers and the entertainers and everybody today, Faith Evans, Mariah Carey, like everybody's mixed. 
So not everybody's mixed, but like a vast majority of the people that you see who were at the forefront of speaking of black issues and who are quote unquote black celebrities and think thought leaders and blah, 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 Tia Tamara or whoever it is, all these people are mixed and they're black, right? So let's not act like, ooh, she's half Indian. Like they're mixed. They, those people I mentioned were all like half white actually. And she's half Indian and y'all are really trying to play with her about her identity and that's stupid, right? And let's not front. Like, y'all don't be like, ooh, I got Indian in my family. Now, I know it's not the same Indian. I know we're talking about India from the continent. Daisies from India and the subcontinent versus Native Americans, First Nations. Totally get that. But let's stop it. You know, like, stop playing. Y'all are really trying it. And don't do that. Because it, in any other context, you'd be like, yes, yeah, she's black, just like Barack Obama. Like, stop it. Stop it. Okay. And we also know that as descendants of the slave trade in the Western Hemisphere, basically everyone is mixed to some extent or varying degree due to the nature of the slave trade, misogyny, whatever, just how it is. It's just what it is. So stop playing games. All right. The other thing, you know, which is related is Eidos, right? Oh, how is her being Jamaican and Indian going to help African-Americans? Well, let's be clear here. She was born in America, so she's definitely a black American. Also, the T is her parents divorced when she was seven, and she really doesn't even know her Jamaican family like that. She's estranged from her black Jamaican father. So, if you're worried about, ooh, she's going to do something for Jamaica, uh, I also follow a lot of Jamaican news, media, etc. And, bro, they were going in on her on the comments. And they were like, why are you calling her Jamaican-American? She put her as American first. Why are you bigging up people who don't care about Jamaica, have nothing to do with Jamaica? They were dragging her. Different reasons than Eidos, okay? Different reasons. But if you were not born in Jamaica and you don't have family, she doesn't even know her family who is Jamaican like that, they don't accept her as Jamaican. Let's keep it real. Jamaicans are like that. And they're like that with me. And my parents are Jamaican as hell and my whole family. But they're like that with me who knows my family and texts my cousins and sees them and goes to Jamaica and went summers every year and all this stuff and grew up in Brooklyn, all that stuff, Jamaican things. And they don't, they don't. So let alone somebody whose father is from Jamaica, who you're estranged from. You don't even know your black family like that. Hello. Hello. But y'all worried about, Oh, she going to, what does she care about black nigga? She don't even know Jamaicans like that. Let's keep it, let's call a thing a thing. She don't even know Jamaicans like that. She don't know Jamaican culture like that. She didn't grow up with her daddy. So you can't even say that. You can't even say that. So don't do that. She's had her black experiences growing up as a black person in America. She went to a HBCU. Like I said, she's an AKA, which is a sorority. If you guys don't know about black American culture, Google that. So she's going to be squeeing and doing pink and green and all types of nigga nonsense, I'm sure. I'm being facetious, but I'm saying, you know, making mouse noises like everybody else. So I feel like, again, don't detract from her blackness is growing up as a black person in America. She's still black and she don't even know her Jamaican family like that. What are y'all talking about? So it's fucked up. And I honestly feel badly for her because you have African-Americans saying that, Oh, she's not black. She's not Eidos. She's not foundational black. Blah, 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 blah. Right? And Jamaica's like, I don't know her, basically. That's a hard place to be in. It's it's really a hard place to be in. And again, it's irrelevant. All the stuff is irrelevant about her effectiveness of doing her job, etc. And this is the nonsense that's kind of 
permeating the internet. But I'm like, damn, I need y'all to, again, keep your eye on the prize and think bigger and better and hold her accountable for things that are actually relevant. Like, this is dumb shit. This is dumb shit. Because at the end of the day, you can be Kanye as Eidos as you want to be, and he ain't shit. So don't assume that, okay, just because this slave stop, this slave ship stop here, that okay, this has person has my interest in mind. That's bullshit. Look at all these people in Hollywood all the time. These celebrities don't have your interest in mind. Again, go listen to episode 51. Don't listen to celebrities. So I was like, you know, a lot of this stuff is conflated and people are not getting to the real issue. Other observations I just wanted to articulate here. I see suddenly all these news articles, South Asians are claiming her hard as hell, saying she's a black and South Asian first woman nominee. And yeah, you get the side eye. And I heard people saying on, I saw people saying, hey, have they claimed her before? And I can say actually, and I did tweet that, you know, I remember I actually worked with a guy several years ago who was Bengali, Bangladeshi descent, but American, a dude grew up here. And he was like, everybody's talking about her. She's black. Why are they saying she's black? You know, she's half Indian. I'm like, yeah, since when are you, who's claiming? Stop. But okay, look. I'm gonna let y'all get. I'm gonna let y'all get that. Obviously, she is. And listen, she grew up with her mom because her daddy wasn't around. So yes, yes, y'all could get that. But y'all really claiming it once she got the ticket. Y'all wasn't doing that before. But I'm gonna let you finish. Y'all will take this. Okay, cool. And listen, she has been doing her rounds with Mindy Kaling and Hassan Minaj. So okay, Hassan Pie, go ahead. All right. Okay, sure. Then let's see. Another observation. I said it's my mom and she didn't get it last night. My mom and I, by the way, I'll get to this, had a very long conversation about her. But actually about her family, who's Jamaican, who my mom knows. <laughs> Just put that out there. So what does it mean? Um, you know, although I'm saying, you know, her blackness again is irrelevant and her identity, she identifies as black. She is black. And you guys need to not hold it against her and stop saying all the stupid nonsense. When I take a step back, and I look at, you know, the argument that's not being articulated, which again, I'm making you Ado's argument for you. Y'all don't even know your fucking argument. But there's something to be said. And I think it's interesting if we look at this. Barack Obama had a Kenyan father and he's mixed race. She has a Jamaican father. She's mixed race. These are the two most prominent black people to have made it to this, you know, arena here to, you know, basically to be in a space to lead America. And what does that say about people who are African-American that it hasn't, haven't been able to be catapulted there? Now, in the 80s, I've said this already, Jesse Jackson, I believe, did run for president, right? But, you know, again, it's all cute. But it you know, almost only counts in her horseshoes. So at least get into the ticket. And look, she ain't there yet, right? We could just be talking about that she was on this and then Trump wins anyway, which is still my prediction. Sorry, guys. But she, she's gotten closer. So for Barack Obama to actually get there and for her to get there, what does that say? Like, does it say, does it mean something? You know, they're both mixed race. They're both not of African-American descent. But... At the same token, as much as you can say, okay, well, it means something that these are people climbing on our backs and palatable, it doesn't. Because the crazy part, which is the part that, like, is for me is more of an eye-opener, is that 
these are two people who were estranged from their black fathers at the end of the day. So we want to talk Eidos, but let's talk about the shared experience of absentee black fathers. Goddamn, his father, Kenyon, he ain't grow up with him. Her Jamaican-ass daddy, she ain't grow up with either. He divorced him on with seven, he out. And I'm going to tell you, my mom said he's bad breed, okay? And there's a Jamaican saying, and that's not a good thing. And I was like, damn. And she was going in on him. And then I was texting my cousin, UK, who was like, yeah, he heard the same thing. I was like, Lord. All right, and listen, this is all silly shenanigans. And it's true from, you know, where they are from Jamaica. But I'm like, damn, they were saying, you know, that my Brad breed Pitney and he's a you know, bad breed family. And I was like, damn. And so, you know, my mom's saying he's no good. Her father's no good. She said that over and over. And these are two educated men, right? So both well-established. Barack Obama's father was a PhD student. Her father was um, a professor at Stanford. All of that. I believe he's still alive. And her father could be in Jamaica. I'm not sure. But at the end of the day, ain't this some nigga shit? Like, damn, you you get to the, the highest, most visible role in terms of a government position. And the same things that plague the black community, it just plagues us. It just plagues us. And yeah, I'm sure there are people who come from single parents, from other cultures, etc. But the, the first two, it, it's still nigga nonsense. And so at the end of the day, both of these people were not raised with their black family. You know, they were raised with their other half. And I'm not detracting from that, but I just, I do want to be like, wow, what does that mean? You know, I, I, to me, I know what it means. To me, it just means that as black people, we have so much more work to do and don't deny these people's blackness. Like, damn, how many of y'all grew up without fathers? Your black daddies. I mean, come on. That's real. That's real shit. And so don't take it as, uh, don't take it as like, oh, they're not from foundational black. Like it's such a shared experience. Like, I'm like, damn, that's it. And it's not a, it's not a blemish on them, but I'm like, wow, like this is, this is just a shared experience. I'm like, damn. And it's a thing, you know, I wonder how you feel. I mean, and, you know, Barack Obama's father wasn't around, but man, you basically abandon your children or you're estranged from your children and despite you not being around as the black father despite you not being there to shepherd them and have them under your wing about black culture and being an adult and just growing up they still were able to rise above and still navigate the world as black people you know no matter what you guys say about the the slave papers and whether or not they on the 1865 census whatever it doesn't matter because they're still navigating this world as black people. So I just feel like, damn. But to see that, I'm like, whew, man, it's the same shit. It's, 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 ugh, man, we have so much work to do as a community. That's what I just, that's all I thought. I was like, you know, that, that was just an interesting thing. And black men need to step up. That's, you know, that's a separate thing. And so I told you a little bit about the Jamaican gossip. I don't really want to go into that on this. I don't think that's my place. I especially feel like it's kind of weird because I don't even think she knows her Jamaican family like that. And it, like, this is my mom's like, yeah, you know, I knew her grandmother and her great grandmother, my whole family. They were all, all the old Jamaicans, by the way, were all gossiping last night. Okay. All the old Jamaicans, the old biddies were all gossiping last night. My mom's best friend. And, and they're all talking about, oh, we knew this and this, we knew this. And I'm not going to say their names because I know all the names and all the you know gossip the business and they even talked to my grandma who you guys know is 95 to confirm in certain things They're like did we 
remember this right because my grandmother, her short-term memory is bad, but her long-term memory is long and excellent, okay? And so she was just, you know, confirming stuff with my uncle and all stuff. It's so funny. So... You know, my other concern, I was texting Jamaicans and Slim, she's not Jamaican, but I'm giving her the Jamaican gossip. I was like, my only concern is if, if I see the difference between her and Barack Obama is that at least with him, the family's in Kenya and, you know, there could be some language barriers. Not There's obviously people in Kenya speak English too, but it's not so easy for the, the media to roll up and TMZ to throw money and just get the exclusives. But Jamaica is Jamaica's not far, okay? It's not far away. And I'm like, please, Kamala, I hope you got all the NDAs in place. And I hope you have some deal with these Jamaicans, girl. Because when TMZ and them start going to dig and trying to malign you on some nonsense, and then you got Jamaicans in auto-tune interviews talking shit because them too licky-licky, because they're too fucking beggy-beggy, all that shit, because they want them dollars. I, girl, I'm concerned for you, okay? I'm concerned about these same Jamaicans who are dragging her on the Observer, the Star, these are all Jamaican newspapers. And they're dragging her in the comments on these news, Jamaican newspaper social feeds. But at the same token, I'm sure if anybody tries to come get some tea in some Dallas, they're going to be running their damn mouth about her family business and she don't even know these people. So it's fucked up. But you know black people, okay? Come on. And let's don't act like y'all know what I'm talking about because Meghan Markle, I don't think it was her black side, but Meghan Markle, who's also estranged from her daddy, her white daddy, her, he couldn't stop being all up in the video and all up in the media. I was like, damn, yo, with family like this, I mean, who needs enemies? So that's my only concern for her. I'm like, uh-oh, y'all better not. <laughs> Jamaicans, please don't be messy with this woman. Please don't let them entice you. Just leave it alone. Just leave it alone because she don't even know her Jamaican side like that. And that's fact. So, you know, all of this kind of going through just different thoughts, just reacting to the opinions and the comments I've seen online. Gwen's concern is this. I don't know if her being on the ticket is going to be able to galvanize the masses behind Biden because y'all was really not really feeling him. And people aren't really excited and there isn't that momentum. And it's especially 2020 is just a challenging year and we have COVID and you got Trump trying to steal the election and with the, the mail-in ballots and all this shit and trying to dismantle the post office. All types of shit he's trying to do at this point to try to steal the election. So... I think all of this, plus the risk of COVID and probably going to be a spike at that time of the year, I'm concerned about is it going to be enough momentum fuel to the fire to get people out to get Trump out of office? Because we have to recognize that a lot of people don't feel excited. Again, reminiscent of Bernie and Hillary in 2016. And it feels like milk toast. Right. If you guys think of like putting like bread and milk is just soggy, like a cracker and milk is just soggy, like it's like, ooh, it don't feel that great to a lot of people. And I totally get it. And some folks feel like they're making a deal with the devil. Like, well, you're telling me to vote out one devil, but sounds seems like I'm doing a very similar one in. They don't feel like there's much of a difference. And so this is American life. Y'all got it twisted. If y'all thought it was just going to 
have a revolution. That's not how it goes. <laughs> the status quo does get upheld. So the bigger picture, I normally say, well, look at the bigger picture, get Trump out. But I have to also recognize people feel like, well, you just swapping one for the other. That's how a lot of people feel. And so I really think to be successful and to galvanize over the next few months, the, the media has to stop doing the bullshit the media is doing because they, they try to make Trump look dumb and silly, and that's not working. And Fox News is like the highest rated news channel right now because the, the liberal media, the left media is not doing the right thing. What you do need to do is be very clear and paint what he has done that is dangerous, the negative impacts on the people of America regular people, working class people, middle class people, black people, brown people. You need to show how he has destabilized America, continues to destabilize America, and how we cannot afford that going forward. That is the messaging that needs to be clear, that Biden and Harris need to be able to articulate. And that's what you're going to need to show that you are different and you're not going to do that. And you have plans to correct what he's done. And you also have some legitimate ways to grow America, repair America, repair international relations, repair our ill societal ills, but bring people together. That's what you need to do. But strongly and not weak. And I do think Kamala is that because I think she is a spitfire. So I think she can do that, which is also helpful. But really to galvanize people behind her and him. And if the burden should not fall on her shoulders because she's a VP, she's not the president, right? And so we're also looking for someone to help make Biden more appetizing at the end of the day. But it's just going to really come down to being clear on the message and stop fucking around on some bullshit. And people also need to stop fucking around on her blackness and her identity and da, da, da. that's all irrelevant. Trump is the target. We need to get a bullseye and get his ass out of here. And that's the facts. And yes, keep her accountable. I'm not saying turn a blind eye. Her and Biden's. I would just make sure making we're keeping him accountable and making sure that they have a platform that we agree with or we can support or comment on, criticize, but the solution is definitely not to take a step back or sit back and see what happens. You shouldn't do that. That is shooting yourself in the foot. So that's that. It's gray. The same thing I say about I May Destroy You, okay? The same thing I say if you guys listen to those episodes and watch that show on HBO. I do recognize that this feels really gray right now. Gray in terms of nebulous, in terms of not so crystal clear, black and white. I know it feels that way. But the truth of the matter, even if Kamala and Biden are gray, Trump is red hellfire. So let's just be clear. So that's where we are. And so I know a lot of people don't feel excited. I know this. Some of y'all who are excited, like, I don't get what you aren't, why you aren't. Acknowledge why. Acknowledge. Just acknowledge it. Right? The criticism is fair. So acknowledge it. But you need to start articulating Trump's errors and flaws better. And not just, oh, well, it's Trump. Dumb's Trump. Like, don't just do it saying he's stupid. Americans are stupid. Oh my God. Like, that's my message. You criticizing Trump being stupid has not 
made his approval rating go down because Americans are stupid. So that's actually not a criticism. Americans are dumb. Trump is dumb. They feel kinship with him. He talks like them. He can't stay focused like them. He detracts on the issue like them. He don't know what the fuck he's talking about like them. That's a nigga. That's a homeboy. So you trying to attack him on that is actually attacking the average American, whatever, people who are not just white, who's voting from the Latinos, who are also voting for him too. A lot of these same Indians from India, like Kamala, also voted Harry Trump supporters. Let's keep that one funky. All right? So recognizing that Americans are dumb and celebrity obsessed and worship celebrities and selfish, no matter where you come from, but you come here and then you drink that American Kool-Aid and you fall right into the trap. Articulate a better argument showcasing why Trump is dangerous and needs to be ousted and why Kamala and Biden are the solution to that and bringing change that America needs. That's what you need to do and you haven't done. And that is why people are not really behind this shit. Right? They're not behind that shit. Plus, it's looking like same old. So you need to destacarse. You have to distinguish yourself. Okay? Make yourself stand out. That's what you need to do. So figure it out, friends. Figure it out. Because my prediction stays the same. I still believe that he's going to win, which is 45. And I'm hoping I'm wrong. But I don't see it. I don't see it. So that's all I can say. This is my two cents. And keep hope alive. Peace.